Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Inside information on your teams, honest opinion, and the biggest names in sports. It's time, Las Vegas for the Playmakers. Okay. You know what? Wait a minute. It sounds a little different in here, does it not? Different energy starting the week? Wait a minute. Kevin the Step? I mean, it's not the start of our week, technically. Basically, it's enthralling, it's enthralling. It's enthralling. It's it's excited. I got a, my my back. I'm straightened now. I'm I'm ready to go. I you mean, are I was at attention. You are ready to yes. go. It is the day after the big game. Welcome. If you are just joining the land of the living, because there are a few people in this town that are doing just that right now. It is 3 p.m. Pacific time. You probably missed your flight, but that's okay. They have more <laughs> flying out tomorrow. We'll take a few more of your dollars, but. Uh, Adrian Hernandez is across the glass for me. I am Lindsey Brown, and we are the Playmakers. We sound different, but not really. But we are here to stay and provide an excellent sports experience for you all as we do each and every weekday, 3 to 5 p.m. But yesterday, we had uh, a special edition of the Playmakers because it was the big game. And we were invited out by Circa to basically commentate during their big game bash. We were out there from 1 to 3 p.m. Have we posted that to the podcast feed yet? Not yet, but Probably it will should be do that. Probably it should do that. Available. We had a couple of good jokes. Just a few. We also had an umbrella concierge during our time there. Shout out to Cassius. No sure better feeling in my, li- in my life, to Ever? be honest. Honestly, to have someone there ready at attention. Mm-hmm. To give us an umbrella, it's kind of like the queen, the the military in the UK. What are they called with the hats where they oh, can't move? Oh yeah, the 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 Swiss Guard. You the say the Swiss Guards? Yes, this is mm. what Cassius was doing. He was at attention, uh, offering us an umbrella like with Rodney Harrison on the NBC pregame show. Yeah, so it, it was a it was a great feeling. Uh, coming here now and not having a red carpet as we walked into the building was kind of disappointing today. Couldn't it be? Couldn't yeah, be I mean, you said it yourself yesterday. The the egos were going to be more inflated than what they already are and it's going to take some getting used to but at least we have new sounders at least we have each other and at least it's valentine's day right yes and also for everyone celebrating as the world should happy daytona 500 week Lindsay. oh is it that start already yeah, I thought that's what this nascar show was about. is back daytona 500 I, vibes you know what i i didn't mean to bury the lead but sometimes that's what happens that's what happens on the playmakers here but we have a great Robust show for you here today. We're going to get into plenty of football, big game, and just kind of sifting through the wreckage. We're going to talk next segment about some 
Olympic controversy. It wouldn't be the Olympics without having some controversy. I know that's right. Hot lap around the world of hockey. We had a trade in the Pacific Division today. It is clearly the biggest hockey story that we do have here in the Las Vegas Valley, other than the fact that, you know, Jack Eichel's going to be playing and making his debut on Wednesday. Lindsay, I'm sorry. That, What'd you say? Uh, there was a what? Jack Eichel's playing Wednesday. And there was a what? A debut. There, there was a transaction. In there the was NHL? a transaction in the Pacific Division. Bobby Graham in a wheelchair. Breaking news. Exactly. We're going to tell you exactly who is heading over to the Calgary Flames to make a reunion with Coach Daryl Sutter. We got more footies to footballs. Uh, precedent is a hell of a table setting. We're going to be talking about the NFL ownership and potentially how we're getting some more tools in our toolbox to maybe change that landscape. And then who is your Gary? To wrap up the entire show, we'll just leave that exactly the way it is. And then I'm going to try something a little creative today in our program because I don't know if you're familiar with memes, Adrian, but you're a, you're a child of the internet. The memes? The memes, exactly. Uh, there are many different types for many different contexts. And the great thing about memes, just like language, we all have to agree that they mean something, right? We all have to be in on the joke. And one of the Valentine's Day things that we see across social media, other than like your sports teams making very, very generic cutout, you know, I love you, you love me, why don't we go see the, the, the game together and putting that on social media, there's the roses are red, violets are blue. And if you're not familiar with that, the meme, classic. The, the classic and, and of that poem that we usually associate with our, our fine Valentine holiday that we're celebrating today. But usually it's accompanied by a, a picture or a newspaper headline to finish the rhyme. So, like, the one that's in front of me that's appropriate for the show. Roses are red, violets are blue, live penguin feeding at 11 and 2. And it's a sign of the penguin feeding uh, Shout out to that zoo social media team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, roses are red. My grandmother wears dentures. Ex-Premier League striker Marcus Bent fined for having cocaine at Chessington World of Adventures. There's another Whoa. rhyme. Just perfectly rolls right off of the tongue. So instead of me saying, okay, so what we're going to be talking about next, you know, our teasers, just to give everybody uh, behind-the-scenes radio 101, I have written poems to fit the roses are red, violets are blue. Once again, Lindsay, you're so astute. A, a woman of poetry. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, it is uh, the deepest of dives today for the Valentine's holiday and the day after the big game. It is 3.05 p.m. I think we've tap danced enough. So it's time to get into our can opener, which is really us talking about how just great of a time we had yesterday at Circa Las Vegas at the big game bash stadium swim. Uh, We watched the first half and then halftime performance. Yes. That was probably the most VIP part of the experience because we were literally broadcasting out of a – uh, an entire floor, but it was really a cinder block. It was completely unfinished. And it was the second floor, like, right above the stadium. So, so we had the view of the entire area. All we, we of the, the debauchery. King, yeah, the King Porch view. Yes, correct. And it was completely unfinished. But when we went out for halftime out on the on the balcony there, that's why we had to have caches for our umbrella, th- our umbrella times, everybody who was important was all of a sudden in our studio, a.k.a. the cinder block room. Yeah, about like eighty to yeah. to sixty, yes. like important suited up. Absolutely, Derek Stevens dressed there. up. Absolutely, he was there, and uh, which is the owner of Circa, right? Owner of Circa, owner of the D, owner of like all of the unbelievable parties that were going on downtown yesterday. We weren't the only one; we were just the one with the pool and the best TV for sure. But that place, I had been to Stadium Swim a couple times before yesterday, but I'd never been in in a context, obviously, with a big game. But even on any sort of, like, game day, I've only been there 
basically at the end of the night just to kind of basically show it off or, or hang out. And there weren't that many people. But yesterday, it was packed. I got video of people literally making it rain while 50 <laughs> Cent is going, find me in the club during the halftime show. It was unbelievable what a great event they put on yesterday and you you've been to stadiums from before uh, yeah, it was my first that. yeah and i i haven't it was mm-hmm. my first time being there um it was it was an awesome experience and plus like how they added the fireworks and the pyrotechnics Dude. and the smoke machines like really living it timed up. it too yeah perfectly perfectly for every touchdown score uh the halftime show with the fireworks it was a unbelievable experience like just and and i don't know if any other hotel does this in the city but the touch screen to elevator. get on the elevator. That's a new one. That's kind of wild. It it was. And and yeah, exactly. We, we we you had to enter in the floor that you wanted to go to before you enter the elevator and then there were no buttons in the elevator. So it it's kind of a exercise in trust and lack of autonomy if you really think about it. But it was weird especially since we got lost and then we definitely annoyed a couple of the the staffers there at Circa, but at least we got the full-fledged tour behind the scenes. And I do think it, it was cool to see, obviously, with the mass mandate going away uh, last Thursday and this kind of being one of their first full-fledged events where all yeah. systems were go. Absolutely. Um, just to see everyone partying, having a good time, because I believe in Stadium Swim, just the pool area, there was 4,000 people, let alone throughout the casino, let alone downtown and all yeah. the events and on the Strip. It was cool to see the city revitalized, um, and it was kind of funny to notice a huge difference between the amount of Bengals jerseys that were being worn compared to the Rams. Yes, there are a lot of L.A. fans here over the weekend, whether they just started being fans this weekend or if they bought those jerseys a couple of months ago because they've been in on it since the beginning, remains to be revealed. Was this this like your, your favorite remote experience that you've 100%, had in radio. 100%. It was my first. Yeah, I, I know. That's what I was saying yesterday. You had the Minneapolis Miracle equivalent of uh, your first initial remote experience because Minneapolis Miracle was my first NFL game in-person experience, and I can never go back. And it, it's going to be tough to, to really top that entire ordeal that we went through yesterday because as we talked with Mark, we didn't have the most direction considering most of the time these things are like very, like this is what you do, this is where you go, here's who you talk to. And so when you're given that amount of creative freedom, it I think it actually lends a better performance for us and just like a better interpersonal experience with us and whoever is like helping us do their job or, or just around, whether it's Cassius who, who's doing the umbrella or Brooke that was leading us around or even Derek Stevens who's like just trying to bump in and out and do interviews and, and, and shake hands and, and show off his unbelievable pink suit. Like everybody <laughs> has something to do that day. And for it to go as quote-unquote seamlessly as it did – um, I'm enthused, and I think we did a really nice job considering we talked for two hours about football straight. Like, this job certainly isn't the toughest. I, we're not laboring. We're not doing construction. We're not frontline workers. Like, nothing but respect to those people. But sometimes trying to find new topics to talk about the big game when you've been doing it for the last two weeks and you have to do it only for the next two hours, it can be tough sometimes. But I thought that we were just uh, as informal as we needed to be, and I think that we were – Absolutely the most popular people up in our cinder block, even though we were maybe one or one. That's, of, we're three of the five people that were usually up there. That's, total. That's, Other than the halftime show. Yes, 100%. I got to ask you, with us being in a party environment, mm. um, did you miss the commercials? I did. I did. I haven't circled back and watched them either. And I'm not sure if I will. The last couple of years, I just haven't been nearly as into it. 
And so most of the commercials kind of just go by the wayside for me. It used to be like appointment television for me to catch those. But I was based off of what everybody else was saying on, on social media uh, when I was uh, on there. It seemed like a millennial dream. They, we have definitely turned into the the target demographic, our generation. And it's there's a lot time. of people with conflicted feelings <laughs> about that because you're like, yes, finally, it's about us. But then that means, well, the clock's ticking, people. <laughs> yeah, we're getting old. Exactly. No, I love it. This this is the these are the first steps. So we gotta we gotta enjoy it for now, and then ten years from now, yeah, when our kids become teenagers and they're like, what the hell? Like this is what y'all was really rocking, right? Like Fifty Cent in his tank top. Like people don't and he, know. And it's straight out of the music video too, hanging yes. upside down. It was yes. perfect. And people like like my my little cousin he doesn't understand that Foot Lockers used to sell out of the five pack of those specific tank tops like it was legendary <laughs> i did get to see some of the commercials they did an austin powers one uh that was kind of cool yeah to be honest i was more excited at some of the trailers like jordan peele's new movie nope uh, a couple of the marvel movies um oh, of course of so course they the did crypto out there yep they had Larry- they, they literally stole my idea that we talked about on the show yesterday because i was reminiscing about another millennial pastime which was watch the the sleeping box thing in your in your display of your computer and try to make sure it goes directly into the corner because everybody's come on you can do it don't just directly into the corner and then it was a crypto commercial with a qr code literally i thought it was brilliant it was it was brilliant probably cost them about Whoever their production guy, he, whatever he gets paid for an hour, because that's how long it t- probably less than that for sixty seconds of just the thing going. Did they say seven and a half mil for <laughs> for sixty seconds yes, this, this year? Or this year like was that? the most Ridiculous. expensive uh, for time in Super Bowl history. Inflation has also hit the Super Bowl ads. Did it? Did the game? Did the experience overall? Um, and I'm not even talking about us being at Circa, just the game and everything. Did it? You know, did it live what, up? Yes, did it live up to the hype? I mean. I thought it was going to be a little bit more success in this game. Like, we, we, we'd see some more moving of the chains, not so many punts early on, but we had, you know, two interceptions. We had uh, a couple of explosive plays, but it, it seemed pretty much like your, your run-of-the-mill Super Bowl where a lot less of the football is paid attention to and everybody's okay with that because you're just so caught up in the pomp and circumstance. I thought the game was was overall pretty entertaining in the first half. The second half, not so much. Yeah. The one thing I, I will say, uh, it's official because we've had a couple on the West Coast um, outside of Arizona where the, it's all domed up. I'm not a fan of the West Coast Super Bowls because I want it to look and Dark. be nighttime. Yeah. Like the, like the halftime, halftime show. That was when super Coldplay weird. Coldplay did their bit a couple of years ago. It was so weird. Yeah. So weird. It's like when the Undertaker comes out in a mm-hmm. stadium and the sun, like the sun can't come out with the Undertaker. This is contra- you know, it contradicts right. each other. Correct. Um, so the West Coast, that was a, a weird vibe. It was definitely the second half kind of slowed things down. You wonder if OBJ had stayed healthy, if the score would have continued like it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least, you know, no matter how the game played out. At least at the end of the game, it was close. Because at the end of the day, that's what we yeah. all really want, right? Hundred percent, hundred percent. It came down to basically the final drive. Yeah. So I, I was, I was excited. How was it watching with with me? Like I was, I was pretty chill, right? No, I wasn't we were, too crazy. we were all pretty cool. I mean, Marcus didn't get any good content of us freaking out, which is uh, hard to do. But as he mentioned yesterday, we just need to hire someone to follow us around for twenty four hours. I was like, finally, someone who gets it, because we could create <laughs> so much gold if if we just had that one thing. But you yeah. yelled at me a lot, Lindsay. I did not yell at you yesterday. You... I gave you some stern corrections for sure, but that's only to be expected in a relatively stressful situation that was yesterday. But I, I 
we didn't nearly get as deep into football as I think we would if we were watching it at a studio like here or at any other TV because we're also not trying to be – who knows where there would be a camera in the cinder block room, right? Who knows? But, um, no, I really enjoyed it. And I, I, I remember having a couple questions for you about, like, oh, well, Cooper Cup's lined up in the slot. Like, well, how do you know when he's lined up in the slot? He's like, what? and he didn't just tell me where he put his feet when the snap was going. It was like, all right, so he's in motion here. He's going to loop back here. And then that's how you know because he's going to make this little route. I'm like, thank you for explaining that. That saves me a lot of time. <laughs> and it's just, a, you know, most of the time when I watch stuff that isn't, you know, my first language, like hockey, you you relate everything back to hockey, though, or at least that's what I try to do. And some of those things just don't translate, those concepts. I mean, some sports are easier than others, but 11 on 11 ain't 5 on 5. And so uh, I, I really had a great time. I'm looking forward to doing that with you again, but it's going to be a while to, until we have football season. Mm. I know. It's a weird bit. One last thing for me, Snoop Dogg wasn't the only one elevated. Oh, um, seriously, and I, and I still Living I, his best life. I still uh, might be feeling the effects today. So as we start the show, as excited as I am because it is Daytona 500 week, uh, I may be feeling the effects as the I feel like the whole country is hung over today, right? Yeah, I, it was a, <laughs> it was a slimly attended class at tennis this morning. Let me tell you, and I was there at seven thirty. We were working on the forehand. We even said I had a better attitude this week because we're trying to change my grip so I don't have to put so much torque on my wrist for my forehand because my backhand it's it's a fifteen out of ten basically. Forehand's like a seven out of ten. We're trying to get to an eight and a half. How we do that is we start switching our grip, make it a little bit more open. And I was just ripping them. I had a couple of couple of shots today that was close to ninety something miles an hour. I'm just feeling it. But it seemed like everybody else probably needed uh, one of those hamster droplers with their water in it. I do want to give credit to the Cincinnati public school system. Uh, they announced last week that kids don't have to go to school today. Of course, they were hoping for the win, but the fact that they didn't, you know, have it be dependent on that, mm. so they might be what devastated. an opportunity for parents to first breach the concept of disappointment. Yeah, exactly. So these kids don't get to have school, and you know, for the couple of kids that don't care about sports, go through your grieving process. Yeah, they're like, "Oh, we chilling." Otherwise, it'll eat at you for the rest of your life. I did miss school. I was in Tampa when they won the Super Bowl in 2002, and missing school after that game was like the coolest experience experience yeah of all time but on the flip side um when the Cavs first made the playoffs uh with with LeBron James Papa John's did a sale that if they won and they advanced to the second round all large pizzas would be 23 cents so a couple kids from my class skipped school and went there unfortunately two of our teachers on their lunch break went to Papa John's Saw the kids there and the kids got suspended two days in school suspension curses I didn't agree with that decision. No. Come on, man. Let the kids live. 23 cents for a pizza? I mean, not having school for that reason is pretty badass, but what about when your parents brought you lunch at school? Like, brought Arby's to lunch. The coolest kid of all time. It's legendary, but only if it's cheese sticks. Okay, that's where we disagree. That's where we disagree, because there's so many great things. The BLTs. Uh, There's so many great offerings on the Arby's menu. You know this. You know this. But we have so much to get into outside of just our experience around the big game. There are other sports happening, and other nuggets to explore on the other side of the break roses are red todd toddlers are quiet doping is fine for mother russia as long as the kid didn't buy it yep Uh, yep lindsey brown Uh and adrian hernandez the playmakers exclusively on 1140 the bet god when this song came out last year i was like Whatever the next album is, he's back. 
He's back. It is a Mez Cuddy Monday, and it just happens to be uh, a sad one, right? uh, Yeah, one of his collaborations (laughs) with Eminem, who was uh, part of the halftime performance last night. You see what I did there? What? You know what I mean? Playing the Cuddy Eminem. I love it. That's exactly what I'm looking for. I'm exactly looking for the inside, the the deep dives, all the subliminal messaging here, because sometimes the most obvious answers are the ones that we ignore the most. Uh, but we don't ignore Kid Cuddy on this broadcast. That's why we literally play him each and every Monday because we're both obsessed. Uh, speaking of things that are blatantly obvious but seem to skirt on by. So the Russians don't like staying clean at international sporting competitions. This is not new, people. And we're going to have uh, another chapter written into that book here because in the last couple of days, a very, very interesting case study has emerged from Beijing. Uh, over the weekend, one of the favorites to not just medal, gold medal in figure skating, singles, Camilla Believa. Sorry if that's not how she says her name. I apologize. Maybe you could look that up in, in our in our meantime here. I think it's Believa the Cheetah. Believa the Cheetah. She's a teenager. That's a pretty important point to keep in mind as we go through. Uh, 15 years old, right? Yep, 15 years old. She has uh, placed as, as gold medalist before, but she tested positive for a substance, specifically the drug uh, trimetzidine which is apparently something that helps with your heart. And we know that there are so many different substances on those banned lists, and there are many different protocols and conducts that IOC or the U.S. doping agency or just any doping agency, it depends on who your nation is, as we know that the Russians have – haven't just struggled with this. They had an entire, like, uh – process basically especially around their their olympics that they hosted a a few years back but the thing is is that usually when and anybody get test positive for something you are out of the competition well well we have questions but guess what you don't get to compete because this is a questions are answered later but she's going to be allowed to compete and she's already competed in the in in the team sense as well but the thing is is that she's 15 years old and with that in mind she is a minor and in part, protected as a person. And she was awarded a favorable decision in part because of that. Because you can essentially say or attribute any sort of positive test for a banned substance and blame it on whoever's in charge of her. Because she's a minor. Your coach, your doctor, your whatever. And that's essentially what they are doing. Now, I'm not a person that's going to come out here and accuse a 15-year-old of cheating. But she did test positive. But she did test positive. It's a PED. And she's going to be allowed to compete in the individual event for figure skating. If she gets on the podium, they're not going to do the ceremony. Because the IOC says it will organize a dignified medal ceremonies once the case of Miss... Valiva uh, has been concluded. So they're ca- they can't get enough of this figured out in event to keep her out of the competition, but we're not going to do the medal ceremony if she ends up on the podium. Nope. It just, for all I know, this is 100% done by the book in terms of how you're supposed to handle this situation. Like, obviously, you're not supposed to put certain substances in your body, but in terms of, like, how you handle this as it unfolds, um, live, 
I, I, I don't know how there's any positive solution here. Do you see any? Do you uh, see any sort of edge that anybody can glean from it in, in order to recapture this? Well, first off, you meant you mentioning, and no pun intended, the mental gymnastics mm. that the Olympics are going through uh, to make sure that she could still perform. And I understand she's a minor, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, she is also an Olympic athlete, which means she has to abide by the rules just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. And whether her coach did it, whether it was a doctor, whether it's a part of the process like it used to be with, with the doping things that Russia's done and, and has gotten sanctioned for in the past, at the end of the day, she can't compete. These yeah. are the rules. When you when you have people that have done less and haven't even, they, they've, they've tested positive, but they didn't take a PED. Correct. And they haven't been allowed. And you have took a performing-enhancing drug to do better in the Olympics, that's cheating, and that shouldn't be allowed. And it's weird, too, because when she arrived at Beijing, she tested clean, but the results came from a from a testing that was done like six weeks ago. There's a bunch of different stages in which they test the athletes because sometimes there, there's stuff you can put in your system that could disappear by then. So these results came back late, and they're basically chalking it up to the Omicron, to all these different testing things, like whatever has affected the staffing of the lab. But that's why there's there's all these little, um, basically exceptions. She's kind of the exception to the rule, and that's why it's hard for me to say. Well, based off of the protocol that we're going through here, I can understand why they're allowing her to go ahead and compete, even though I don't think it's technically the right thing to do. But when you have Shakari Richardson weighing in on Twitter earlier today, and she has every right to be pissed off about what's going on here. And if you're not familiar with Shakari Richardson, I know that it's been a few months since we talked about. Um, the the Tokyo Olympics, but she was the USA sprinter that was barred right before the Olympics because she tested positive for marijuana, which she chalks up to her basically using it to self-soothe when she learned that her biological mother had died from someone else. And now we're not here to judge like whether or not, like why you put stuff in your body or when you put stuff in your body, but this is just kind of a classic how, how? Why is Shakari not given the same benefit of the doubt as Russian figure skating gal? And was immediately told no. Right. She didn't even make it to Tokyo. There was no discussion, just no. And Shakari goes straight up. She goes, the only difference I see is that I'm a black young lady. And she's not wrong. And obviously we're on radio. What I just did is I looked at you as I threw up my hands. Yeah. Because I, I need to understand the difference. Uh, another person that I would like to bring up. Brianna McNeil, uh, 2016 100-meter hurdles champion, Mm. won us a gold medal. She missed a test because two days earlier she had a serious surgery and was recovering at home and couldn't get to the door. Mm -hmm. She's banned for five years Yeah, for missing the test. She eventually took the test. Everything was cleared. For her missing a test, she's missing five years for smoking pot. Another person is missing an Olympics. One person got caught during the Olympics taking a performance-enhancing drug and is still being allowed to participate, still being allowed to win a gold medal, counting it as a gold medal. And their reaction is, well, if she wins the gold medal, we just won't have a ceremony. And remember, this sets precedent, too. Like, if they're allowing this to happen... What's what's to stop them from allowing anybody who tests anything to happen? And this is weird for me to have this conversation because a few weeks ago we were talking about the Baseball Hall of Fame and, and steroid use, and it's, it's a different type of thing. But when we're talking about international competition, 
if we're talking about these are the rules that we all follow for these two, like this is the bit, like I, I just don't understand the moving of the goalposts other than we're bowing to pressure to Russia because we know how we know how corrupt the IOC is. Mm-hmm. The NCAA used to be the most corrupt business in the world. Now it's the IOC for sure. And I don't know. I, I, I guess ultimately they're pieces of metal, but they mean everything. These games are literally put on to be uh, at, at least some semblance of a performance that, hey, we're all still existing in good faith. This is helping us avoid big-time wars, at least in theory, we would like to hope. And so just anytime we see this stuff, it just gets so gnarly. And I, I know whenever we see somebody push the boundary, there's going to be 10 more behind them trying to do the same thing. And so it's really unfortunate for for the for the young lady. I hope that she's not directly involved. Although we couldn't really attribute it to her because she is a. But minor. does it matter? It does. It does technically matter in terms of in, intent because she technically can't make that decision for herself right now because she is not mature enough technically. True, but at the end of the day, she can't compete. Like if whether she did it knowingly or when she was in her sleep and something happened with the doctors or her yeah, coaches. Yeah, they put it in their, her training the, stuff. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's in your system. Um, so, like, that, that's my thing. And like, so what, I, is, I, what is she going to say to the Russian uh, Olympic delegation? I don't want to compete? Well, no, it's not her responsibility. I know, but it's that's... The IOC, I'm saying that the IOC, the, the fact that she is a minor, I understand the logistics of yeah. th- this more than likely was not her decision, and we understand that, and that's terrible. If she did not have a choice right. in this, it's terrible doing that to an athlete. But the fact still remains when it comes to competing in the Olympics against the others, mm-hmm. everyone has to follow the same rules. And then when I hear the IOC say, well, why is she allowed to skate? Why is she allowed to compete? Because if we don't let her compete, irreparable harm will be done to her. Correct. Like irreparable harm won't be done to Shakira Richardson. She can't compete because she was smoking weed. Or right. because a very serious surgery was we done to... We protect certain groups and we, do, and we leave others out to the elements, essentially. It's, it's, uh, it's very frustrating and very upsetting. Incredibly frustrating and very hard to follow, especially with the time difference. And it's not like the IOC or the Olympics are shoveling in the positive PR on a regular basis these days. But we need to move on away from this story. Roses are red. Gatorade is better when blue. On Wednesday night, the Golden Niner makes his debut. I make a say when I I make a say Adrian Hernandez and Lindsey Brown the playmakers exclusively on 1140 the bet doing whatever we like whatever we want to do when we want to do it and i want to talk some hockey adrian it is some time puck? we're talking some puck today because not only do we have not so breaking news for your vegas gold knights but there have actually been some updates to hockey season other than games being played transactions have gone down Bobby graham in a wheelchair drake drake the biggest hockey fan out of all of us uh informing you all that Jack Eichel is here. I don't know if anybody heard that he was traded to the Golden Knights just a couple months ago, but he will be making his debut in the Golden jerseys. I don't know if they're wearing the gold jerseys. Don't take my word on that. But it's his first game with this team on Wednesday. The only reason why this is possible, Adrian, is because Mark Stone has been placed on long-term IR. He has a bad back. Uh-oh. 
And so he's probably going to be chilling until playoffs. And we're all just totally not breaking the rules about circumnavigating the cap. It's totally fine. It's totally fine. We're very excited. But we know that this is a a long-awaited debut and player who has been out of this league. This league is better with him in it. And he will be making his debut as 1C up on the top line between Max Pacioretty and Evgeny Dodonov. We don't know that technically for sure because we will only know the lineups when they are revealed to us when they are playing, but it is happening. K-Max said it himself, and people are very, very excited. So for me, you know, being ignorant towards the sport and learning every day with you, Lindsay, Mm -hmm. can I get either an NFL or NBA comparison for Jack Eichel? I think I gave you one earlier, but I already forgot what it was. Do you, do you remember the football? Per, you, it was Dominic was in here, and you gave us the first suggestion, and I was like, eh, it's more like this one. Do you remember who it was? It was someone successful. It I can't someone remember successful. specifically. I know. I, I hate when you ask me a question that we've already answered, and but I can't think of what the actual answer is. But in terms of, like, an impact on a lineup, I mean, I don't want to say, like, OBJ getting reinfused back into it because it's just it's, – it's such a tough compar- comparable with football – because you just have more people and he's reliant on the quarterback to get the ball to him in order for him to have success. Jack Eichel can have success all by his lonesome. And he doesn't need to do it in the same ways that he's done it before in Buffalo because he's just never played with this much talent on a roster before. And then there's just a whole different reacclimation period of getting back up to game speed with your legs, with your eyes, with your processing up top, like, it's a multi-layered thing, but this guy has an unbelievable shot, is willing to to send it from many different angles, which keeps goalies and defenders on their toes, and he's a special player. He's a truly transcendental talent in this league, and so to finally have the chance to see what that is going to translate to after months of being like, where are they going to slot him? Who is he going to skate with? Who are we going to send down? Who are we going to trade? Well, now we don't have to make any of the moves because it's kind of taking care of the problem for us. And it's a good thing because they need Jack Eichel in this lineup. They need the talent up and down because this has been a very contentious Pacific division. People think that the 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 closeness and, the, and, and, and just the proximity of all of these point standings in this division is a sign of weakness. I think it is the direct opposite. I think this is one of the, the, the strongest division this year. And you have a lot of teams that think it is their year. The Calgary Flames are definitely one of those squads. Remember the Flames? They beat a 6 nothing last week Worst loss in of the their season. building. They tend to do that in their building when the Vegas Gold Knights play up there. And guess what? They're playing a ton of home games basically through the next, I think it was 20 of their next 25 are at home because they had so many of their home games rescheduled due to COVID and stuff. And so today, they went out and made a big-time move. More like Montreal made a big-time move because they had another trade piece that they were hoping to get on uh, – out of their organization get hurt over the weekend but Tyler Toffoli reunited and it feels so good with Daryl Sutter they spent a a considerable amount of time uh, including championship winning time down in LA when Sutter was the head coach of the Kings Toffoli spent time with Alec Martinez on that squad I think it was a bubble season that the Kings traded him to Vancouver as a trade deadline deal he actually makes a pretty good impact scores Uh, a few goals and in the bubble, the Vancouver Canucks weren't really supposed to be doing anything. And 
Vancouver all of a sudden gets it in their mind that they're a team that's supposed to be reckoned with. And they had like a mass exodus of talent out, out of their room, including Jakob Markstrom, who's now the goalie for the for the Calgary Flames. Like one of the Tanev brothers left. Troy Stetcher, who's like a super underrated defenseman who was playing for Detroit last year. I forget where he is this season. But he was traded up there. They go into the offseason. Vancouver doesn't re-sign him. He signs a long-term contract in Montreal, and he makes a big-time impact. And as we've talked about, they were a damn good team last year. This year, not so much. So once they saw Ben Chirac get hurt over the weekend, that being the Montreal Canadiens, they probably were thinking, let's get to Foley off of our books before he takes a slash to the hand because this guy goes to the net like very few, or at least with the, with the tenacity. He's always in that quiet area of the play where he's picking up those loose pucks after everybody else has collapsed in on themselves. But they sent a pretty hefty price over to Montreal to secure this deal and basically solidify their top, their middle six for the Calgary Flames and really hedge their bet in case Johnny Gaudreau leaves in free agency. But in exchange for Tyler Toffoli, the Calgary Flames have sent a 2022 first-round pick, which is top 10 protected, a 2024 fifth-round pick, Tyler Pitlick, and prospect Emil Heineman. Uh That's a lot. That is a lot. And usually you don't trade first-round picks for talents like Tyler Toffoli. Like, he gets 20 goals. Like, that's very respectable in this league. That's very reliable, especially in that part of the lineup. But here's where you get it. Here's where you get the value. He has three more seasons on his deal at $4.25 million. It's a very team-friendly number. Yeah, that's fantastic. And you have him at, a, at a, the right amount of term. Like, any, three years or less is is golden goose uh, zone for NHL squads right now. He has been great in the postseason the last couple of years, and it's really interesting because at, during his final days with L.A., things were not said in the nice way about Tyler Toffoli. He was very much painted to be a locker room cancer. And how that always rolls, you're like, well, is it real? Is it the team that's trying to depreciate his value? But ultimately, the Kings were a really bad hockey team for a couple of years. And considering when you have Tyler Toffoli and Drew Doughty and Dustin Brown and all these guys that were on those two Stanley Cup runs with unbelievably talented players, and you go all the way down to the basement, like it's hard to get up and be motivated to get better today when you just went minus four last night. And guess what? You're getting bag skated today, and you know it. And so he ends up getting traded, but he makes, as I said, a, a huge impact for the Vancouver Canucks and, and, and makes some big-time noise last year with the Montreal Canadiens. He's a very, very gritty type of player. I think a lot of his success I attribute to his upper body management. Like, he doesn't get out of position. He doesn't, like, allow himself to get rolled off of, uh, off of contact, and he's really good at moving his stick around and dangling around people without actually having dangles. It just speaks that I have control and I have a quiet upper body. And so with that, he's a lot, he can play through space. He can gap into those quiet areas on the rush. Like I was mentioning, he can crash that net hard. He's always has good stick position. He can turn pucks over and he's shooting hips or lower instead of pick, picking corners. Like people don't understand how valuable it is to have someone who is in the forward group, Adrian, that thinks to themselves, you know what? You know where I don't need to shoot every damn time? Bar down. Because guess what happens when you miss the bar, Adrian? What happens? It goes up and over the net. And usually if you're sailing a puck like that, you know what it acts as? A breakout pass going the other way because it's going to go up and around the glass and it's going to be right out of the zone. And I hate it when people don't take the simple, easy hockey play. And honestly, if you want to talk about a goal scorer's goal, and I would know because I used to try to stop them. Go like a foot off the ice, Adrian. Foot mm-hmm. off the ice, blocker side. 
So a little I, jump. Oh, a little bit. Or if you want to do like two feet off the ice, because it's really dependent on on how I'm moving. Because blocker side, you got to hold the stick, right? So you already have something to worry about in your right hand that you don't have to in your left. So there's a little bit of a split second difference of reaction time. And then there's also the little holes that open up as you progress through your positioning, be that from standing down to your butterfly or butterfly getting up to your feet from standing. If you're going to foot off the ice, that's that really sneaky one that if they're on their feet and they go down to their butterfly, that's going to open up. Now you have to hit it. It's very, very, very specific, but that's where the goal scorer's goals go. But he's always shooting at those awkward areas for goaltenders, those hips to knees, and that really puts the emphasis or at least the onus on them to be on their technique, on their P's and Q's, with uh, sucking their their elbows towards their their trunk, on not giving up rebounds, on stick positioning, on gloves being out into space and not reacting back, not having your weight fall back. All of these little things I'm sure are running through his head when he's practicing because if you're just trying to get this all figured out during the game, of course I'm going to shoot bar down because I can see the most area of net up there and that more than likely is going to beat the goalie, but that's not really true. Tyler Toffoli is a very underrated player in this league, and his release in his shot, too, it just it doesn't ascend past 10 o'clock if we're going on a, on a clock here, an analog clock for those of us that learn how to tell time the good old-fashioned way. But whenever you have somebody that makes good hockey decisions with shared history of – with the head coach, I should say, of the head coach, with the head coach, with a motivated level, he wanted to stay in Montreal. He was very adamant about being part of the rebuild there. Like, I can understand why some players, Adrian, be like, I don't want to be here. Like, if I'm if I'm uh, Ndamukong Sue, do you think I want to be a part of a Tampa Bay rebuild? Certainly not. Yeah. If if Tom ain't coming back and we don't have a we don't have a solution, I'm gonna go find somewhere else because yeah. I'm not. But to fully, not everybody's Dame Lillard, right? And I think I think Toffoli probably had a little bit of a, a C to J moment where you're like, you can be one of these impactful guys on some of the best young talent in this league. We're talking about Nick Suzuki, we're talking about Cole Caulfield, we're talking about Josh Anderson. A lot of these guys that were making noise during the playoffs last year. And granted, Montreal has to get assets for whatever they can right now because they are so bad. They have very little help coming other than the assets they've been able to acquire. I think they're up to like 22 picks in this next year's draft, which is ridiculous. <laughs> but ultimately, they can't really make a big move because Carey Price won't waive his no-move clause, which is fine. And we, we hope to see him back in the, in the pipes as, as early as possible if that's what he wants to do. But with that, you have a ton of money tied up with somebody who makes over $10 million a year for still many more years, and it's the goalie position. And he's not playing right now because he he had another setback. And so it's just such a big anchor on whatever inflation they're trying to rely on to get this team back going. But I think it's going to be a couple years of the rebuild. This is a a Montreal Canadiens team that has been overperforming for at least two years. They made noise in the the playoff bubble that they weren't supposed to. Uh, And so in many ways, their rebuild should have started already. And so that's what happens sometimes. You, you, You get hot at the right times and... You don't make some of the bigger decisions that would probably help you out more in the long term in order to to savor your short term. But either way, getting Tyler Toffoli makes this division harder for the for the Vegas Golden Knights. Like the Philip Deneau signing that the LA Kings made in the offseason was a direct shot across the bow to Mark Stone. It's not just I'm going to shut down Mark Stone, but what do I push down through the rest of the lineup? Because I don't know if you've seen the third line for the LA Kings lately, Adrian, but it looks real Real choice. Looks real choice. It has Dustin Brown on it. It has 
some of those grinder types that we would usually associate in terms of uh, swinging a big stick on the third line with with the Golden Knights, but they're going through their own lineup stuff, and everybody's going to start stancing. The trade deadline's still a little bit uh, ways out, but if you see a deal being made right now, I wouldn't be surprised if another one gets made, and maybe tomorrow, maybe the next day, when there's smoke, there's fire, and uh, regardless, it is a contentious race down the stretch here as we embark on the second half of the season again jack eichel making his debut on wednesday against the colorado avalanche they are literally beating everybody these days this division's heating up it is indeed it is indeed well on the other side of the break roses are red uh joe burrow can take a sack but at least the my pillow guy took the lead over mattress mac We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.